Welcome to the Taz Show Podcast. And we're, uh, we're listening to this new song from our friends, the Whack MCs, band here in London, Ontario. It's called Beer in the USA, about cross-border shopping for your beer. And it's it's a funny video. We posted it on the FM96 Facebook fan page. It's also kind of informative. Like, check out this part of the song. I say excuse the man. I ain't from around here, but I'm off a damn thirsty. Could you find me a beer? She said I certainly can. And as a matter of fact, we got Canadian brands with damn near none of the tax. Because it's a cold, hard fact. I'm living pain to pain. This redneck buys all the beer from the U.S. of A. Oh, you ain't gonna like this. What's that? They got a new charge on beer. Oh, yeah, the escalator tax. Well, I didn't go to school. I didn't study no Socrates. Okay, so the escalator tax they mention in the song. And some people may not know exactly what that is. So we've got uh, Scott Henning from the Canadian Taxpayers Association on the phone. Good morning, Scott. Morning. Can you tell, uh, tell us exactly what is the escalator tax? Well, the escalator tax was brought in in the 2017 federal budget. It was snuck in with a bunch of other things, but what it effectively does is every April 1st, starting that year forever, the uh, taxes, the federal taxes on beer, wine, and spirits goes up automatically uh, by the rate of inflation. And it doesn't have to go back for a vote. It doesn't have to be approved by anyone. Every April 1st, taxes go up. Well, and that's a federal thing. That's not a provincial thing. That's right across the country. That, that's federal. Ontario has, a, has its own version of the escalator tax, although it has a sunset clause in 2018. So it, it will end at the end of 2018, and hopefully the new government won't renew it. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just fe- this one that we're focused on right now. If you go to noescalatortax.ca and check it out, that's all about the federal escalator tax. You guys are anti-escalator tax. And w- what about the taxes we're paying on beer in general? Do you think we're paying way too much or with... Th- the strain that alcohol puts on the healthcare system, is it important to be taxing beer? So I think we do pay way too much. Uh, for one, just if you look at uh, how much, I mean, just look at the video and, and the, the song, we talk about people cross-border shopping. So a lot of people are, are being encouraged when they go to the U.S. to pick up uh, alcohol just based on the fact that our taxes are significantly lower. So it's not so much that, um, you know, there's a right level or wrong level. It's that our neighbors are taxing it at way less. I mean, looking at what they're charging in Michigan, the federal tax on, on a can of beer is five cents in Michigan. So you're basically paying no taxes in Michigan, and people are going down and doing it. So they're not even paying the tax here in Canada. We'd rather they pay the tax in Canada and buy their beer in Canada and support Canadian businesses, but they're not going to do that when the taxes are so high. Do you, think, the there's, do you think there's a level yeah. we can come up with where it's not worth your while to cross the border anymore, and that way the, more, the tax money is all going to stay in Canada, the business is going to stay in Canada, it would just be a better system. 100%. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I mean, every time anyone goes to Mexico, we're all stopping at duty-free. I mean, even though we're hung over from our times in Mexico, we're still stopping at duty-free because it's crazy not to, right? Yeah, I mean, you're like, I never want to drink bottle. again in my life, but I'm going to yeah. buy a couple bottles of tequila just in case. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and as the healthcare cost, look, I mean, uh, there's lots of costs that drive up healthcare. I mean, but this is a small. I mean, this is a small portion of it. And if we're going to start charging people for what drives up the cost of healthcare, well, we should put a tax on ladders because the cost of people falling off ladders is also driving up the healthcare system costs. Is the point of contention the fact that it renews every year, or the fact that it exists at all, or, or I guess both? 
So the, the real, I mean, one of the concerns, I mean, there's obviously we have concerns about the fact that taxes are way too high on, on liquor in Canada, but we're also worried that the government's going to start putting this on other things. I mean, we've heard through the grapevine that the finance minister loves this tax and that uh, he's looking at other places to put it. So we don't want to see this happen to, like, gasoline taxes or the HST or any of these other taxes that we pay. So we want to we wanna snuff this thing out uh, before it gets too far down the road where we're now paying escalator taxes on everything. Scott Henning from the Canadian Taxpayers Association is on the phone. We're talking about the taxes on beers. Uh, we got a new premier here in Ontario. Part of his platform when he was running was buck a beer. Do you think you have a strong ally uh, now with, uh, with Doug Ford to lower taxes on beer in Ontario? Well, we're hoping so. I mean, that, that buck a beer thing, I mean, it, it's a more, it's pretty complicated when you look at the whole thing. It's, there's actually what they call a social reference price. And this has been something that some beer companies have actually lobbied for is a minimum price that they'll charge for beer. And it's usually to keep out low priced competition. So they don't want these guys coming in with cheap beer that, uh, that, that drives down the price. So they're trying to get a minimum level put in. And, and the governments have been responsive to it. They've been raising up these social reference prices. Well, it's killed things like buck a beer in, in Ontario. And, and it's ridiculous. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm glad the Ford government has promised they're going to do that. I'm waiting for them to do it. And, and frankly, the fact they just recently here decided they were going to be, uh, you know, not letting these, uh, these 40 Ontario cannabis, government-owned cannabis stores go forward, uh, leads me to believe that uh, hopefully, hopefully we have an ally here who's going to be uh, understanding that, uh, you know, that ramming up taxes, ramming up prices is just driving business out of the province into Quebec, especially if you're living in, if you're living in, uh, in Ottawa, I mean, nobody in Ottawa buys their, no. their liquor. No, no, here Ottawa. I come. Exactly. So, I mean, you're losing business on, on that border. You're losing bo- uh, business on the southern border. I hope, I think, I hope Doug Ford understands that, and if not, we'll, we'll certainly try to educate him. When we look at Londoners and how much they're paying for, for beer in this case, what's the, like, the, the difference in the price pre-escalator tax to post? Because I think what, the way the government calculates it, it's on hectoliters. So it's like it's the 1.5% over the 100 liters, really, right? Yeah, yeah, we all buy our alcohol in hectoliters, don't we? <laughs> they make it so simple for us to figure this stuff There's out. There's been a couple weekends where I drink it in hectoliters. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what the tax is on, right? It's not like 1.5% on every 2-4. No, I mean, you can, yeah, you can work back. I mean, effectively, just to make it simple, back of the napkin, uh, on beer, about 47% of the price you pay is tax. Wow. So it's it's almost half. It's higher for the other ones, for wine. Now, depending on, and wine's a real complicated, depending on whether you're buying, you know, Ontario or BC wine and how it all works. But on average, across the country, wine is between 65 and 70% of the price you pay is tax. And then the real kicker is if you buy a bottle of uh, hard of hard alcohol of spirits, it's around eighty percent. Eighty percent of the price you're paying is tax. Like it's these guys. I mean, uh, it's crazy how much of it is actually tax. So if you work it out, that's the back of the napkin easier way to figure it out than going through the hectoliters and whatnot. Scott, if people want more information, what's that uh, no escalator tax website again? Yeah, triple w dot Thank you, Scott Henning, from the Canadian Taxpayers Association for joining us on the air this morning. Anytime, guys. The Canadian government has done it again. 
For your convenience, the LCBO and the Beer Store have combined to become the Tax Store. Your one-stop shop for spending more than you should. Why not pick up 24 cans of Bud Light for only $3.95 with the $40 tax purchase? Or better yet, get a free bottle of Smirnoff Vodka with a tax donation of $26.70. And don't forget to file your tax returns. And by that, we mean you'll get a tax refund when you return your empties. Walk into the tax store and see our beautiful new logo made in Times New Roman. The Tax Store. How else are we going to pay for that logo? The Taz Show Podcast. It's Taz and Devin. Jim Kelly's off this week. Dev, yesterday afternoon, you sent me this weird story. You're like, hey, Taz, can we talk about this on the air? The headline is, the Virginia House race, this is down in the United States, the Virginia House race at the center of the Bigfoot erotica controversy explained. So there's a couple of politicians down there in the U.S., uh, they they want to get elected, and one of them apparently has a Bigfoot fetish? Yeah, so the story is there's this one district in Virginia. Well, there's a bunch of districts in Virginia, but one in particular is getting contentious because it's expected to go Republican, and so there's this uh, Democrat that's running there who is trying to get a foothold. and she, A big foothold. A big, a big foothold, a pun not intended, of uh, trying to shame her opponent. His name is Denver Riggleman of being someone who uh, uh, does a lot of uh, Bigfoot erotica. He's posted on his Instagram cover art for his uh, new book, uh, Meeting Habits of Bigfoot. Said uh, in, in his Instagram post, the cover art's almost complete. I hide nothing in this magnificent tome. Don't erase the censor box. And so He's if, written a book? He's written a, a book about the meeting habits of Bigfoot. Okay. Denver Riggleman. That's a great name. <laughs> it is a great name. His uh, his opponent is uh, Leslie uh, Cockburn. She is actually the mother of Olivia Wilde. The actress? Yes. Come on. I'm not kidding. She's an investigative uh, journalist. She is the Democratic nominee in the Virginia 5th, and she is 100% tweeting about her opponent's posts about uh, Bigfoot's uh, junk. Hmm. So this guy, that is kind of weird. Like that's a, it is a funny story, Dev. This guy is right into Bigfoot erotica. Well, I mean, it's not that funny, really. It's hilarious. Like, who well, would be into Bigfoot erotica? Well, I mean, Bigfoot erotica is is bigger than you might think. It's more popular than you might think. I mean, one of the reasons I wanted to share this story with you today is I write some uh, some Bigfoot erotica. Really. I went to I went to BigCon two years ago. <laughs> BigCon, what is that? It's, uh, it's where we Bigfoot enthusiasts, many of whom were originally inspired by Harry and the Hendersons. A great movie, yeah. I mean, the the original actors from this TV show come to Bigfoot Con, right? And uh, we all just uh, we sometimes there's there's lots of public readings of our of our. So you're telling me, Devin Peacock, that you write your own Bigfoot fan fiction? Not only do I write it, I I brought some here today to share with you this morning, just to show you how. How totally mainstream Bigfoot erotica truly is. And how serious you are about this. Oh, I mean... If this is your passion, Dev, if Bigfoot erotica is your passion, who am I to get in your way? You want to read something? A little I would, excerpt uh, from your... wouldn't mind sharing a little something with you. Your latest story. Okay, here's some of Devin Peacock's. Is this safe for the radio? 100%. 100%. Okay. This is uh, some of Devin Peacock's Bigfoot erotica. 
Quincy smiled as he looked across the candlelit cave. He was a Bigfoot or the Sasquatch to the world, but Miranda knew him as he wanted to be known. Quincy, the large, hairy ape who was part man, part beast. Contrary to popular belief, Quincy the Sasquatch wasn't a fighter. He was a lover. No one understood that until he met Miranda, lost and stranded in the woods. <laughs> At first, she was scared, but she soon realized Quincy didn't want to hurt her. He wanted to love her. <laughs> the sexual tension had been slowly building. An innocent touch here, a sensual glance there, and now, that long look of desire. <laughs> Quincy wasn't a bashful beast. He walked around naked, but he suddenly felt himself being a little bashful. Miranda bit her bottom lip and curled her finger, uh -oh. encouraging him to approach. With each step Quincy took with his mighty foot, he could hear his heartbeat. Soon, he was upon her. Miranda smiled. <laughs> I guess what they say about men with big feet is true. She playfully giggled. Miranda's loincloth fell to the cave floor as she moved closer to her Ooh. hairy lover. Quincy smiled, pulled back. No touching. I like to Sasquatch. <laughs> that was kind of hot, Dev. Kind of hot. Hey, I got a question for Devin. You. Hey, does, uh, does Bigfoot have like a regular human erection or is it one of them red rocket things? <laughs> is it like a dog penis or is it like a human <laughs> penis? Oh, it's, um, well, everything is proportional and Quincy's about a... 12-foot man, so you do the math. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, FM 96. Hey, good morning. Did you know that there's an actual thing that um, it's called Sasquatching? There's a group. I'm from a place called Flinflon in northern Manitoba. Yeah, Flinflon. Yeah, and back home, like, it's just, it's a lot of, it's a mining town, so there's rocks everywhere and bushes and lakes and whatnot. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of the stories up there. Everybody that you've talked to in Flinflon all believe in Sasquatch. And, and are, cousin, are they all horny for Sasquatch? Well, I don't know. I've never heard of any stories of a female Sasquatch. Mm. Never, ever, ever. But, you know, that, that was pretty cool to listen to. Yeah, did you like Devin's uh, Bigfoot erotica that he read to us? Well, as long as she likes them, that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> now, but does yes. Bigfoot do any manscaping, Dev? Well, oh, part of his whole identity is the hair, so he will he will style it sometimes. 
<laughs> he will sometimes like comb over like Trump. <laughs> well, he's got better hair than Trump. I mean, he'll he'll you know sometimes you got the guys who do the fancy mustaches. He'll do that in different areas. But, oh, I'm gonna uh, look at Trump differently now. Yeah, all right. Well, thank you so much for Have the call, and and we hope we didn't turn you on too much this morning. Oh, good Lord, no! Thank God my husband's gone though. Whoa, <laughs> Quincy the Sasquatch. I'm good by myself. Thank you. <laughs> the Tash Show podcast. Uh, we've been all morning taking hot tips from the FM 96 listeners to find out more about uh, Gene Simmons' visit to the Leamington area last week. Pictures popped up online of Gene Simmons apparently dining at Jose's Bar and Grill on Talbot Street in Leamington. Uh, we hear that he stayed, stayed at the Grove Hotel in, uh, where is that one? In Kingsville. Kingsville. And we, we haven't been able to this point to track down someone who actually interacted with Gene Simmons. But I think that may change right now because Tim from Jose's Bar is on the phone. Good morning, Tim. How you doing, sir? Pretty good. Were you in, were you working when Gene Simmons was at the restaurant? I was. I was in the kitchen a little bit more, but uh, once all of the uh, craziness calmed down a bit, I did manage to get out and say hi to him and stuff. I didn't really talk to him too much, but a little bit. Hey, all right, we did it. <laughs> uh, did uh, you get a picture taken with Gene Simmons? No, I did not. Uh, the general manager here did, Donnie, but uh, there was a lot of other people around. I was tending to some other customers at the time, but I did get to say hi and shake his hand as he was leaving. But It's a tough situation, right? Because you're in the hospitality business. You want Gene Simmons, even though he's a legend, rock and roll legend, you want him to feel comfortable and yeah. to enjoy his experience at your restaurant. Yeah, absolutely. As we do for all of our customers, we want them to enjoy themselves. But we understand we get people like this in, and you know, unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess, it uh, does attract quite a bit of a crowd, so we have other customers to attend to as well, so we just want to make sure everybody's enjoying themselves. Once the word got out that Gene Simmons had stopped in for lunch, do you know what he ordered, by the way? Uh, he had our blackened salmon salad. Mm, that sounds oh. good. Uh, after word got out in the Leamington community that Gene had been in there, you, you guys were still getting calls like uh, 6 o'clock at night the next day. People, is Gene Simmons still there? Yeah, most of the <laughs> afternoon we had people calling, and even the next day we did have people call as well. So <laughs> He was pretty good, though. He went around and he was talking to customers, taking pictures with everybody. Yeah, yeah, he was really friendly, really uh, accommodating to anybody that wanted to talk to him, and yeah. Now, word is he's doing some business. He's getting into the uh, medical marijuana game. Did you hear anything about that? Uh, not directly. I've heard rumors about it. I know he's possibly working on a deal with uh, one of the gentlemen from Double Diamond Farms, yeah. but... Uh, Besides any specifics, I didn't really get anything like that. Have there been rumors about him being in Leamington before last week? Um, not really. I mean, like we had heard he was doing this deal and stuff and would possibly be in the area, but we didn't know exactly when. Tim is the manager of, one of the managers of Jose's Bar and Grill on Talbot Street in Leamington. Uh, Gene Simmons from KISS was in there last week. Are you guys going to, uh, the, the, the table or the booth that Gene sat at, are you guys going to 
like night that the Gene Simmons table, maybe put up some pictures and charge a little bit extra for Kiss fans to sit there while they enjoy their blackened salmon? Uh, possibly. I'm not sure if that's in the works or not, but uh, <laughs> maybe he, a picture of him sitting in the booth. I don't know. <laughs> did he go with the blackened salmon just because of the color black, or was it just because it was a healthy, tasty meal? Probably more so for that. We actually did, we had heard he was coming in earlier, so we did actually have a, uh, a Kiss burger that day with a uh, roasted red pepper sort of hanging out of it as a tongue. Oh, yeah, I like so, that. Yeah. <laughs> you need to put that on the menu, and like you got to play this up. How often do you get celebrities of the caliber of a Gene Simmons yeah. into Jose's Bar and Grill? Yeah, not very often. We've gotten a... Some here or there, but no, not not really. Quite Who as else big has as him. been in there, Tim? Come on, not not as big as him. None. No. Give us one celebrity, <laughs> one other celebrity that has eaten oh. at the restaurant. Mm, in the Leamington location, I'm not sure really any that big. <laughs> I know um, a few years ago when the Super Bowl was in Detroit, uh-huh. the Windsor location did have a few celebrities there. Okay, but. Uh, we're not really down here in Leamington. We don't see a whole lot. So you've got a reputation then for some good food, obviously, if these celebs are making it uh, uh, a must-stop on the, uh, their list while they're visiting. Yeah, yeah, we'd like to think so. Okay, well, we, you might get a couple of London local celebrities down there for a, for a Kiss Burger in the near future. That sounds pretty good, Tim. Thanks for sounds coming good. on the air and confirming that, yes, because we've heard rumors like this before, and they've turned out not to be true, but Gene Simmons was in Leamington. The Tash Show Podcast.